Hi, I'm Colin Fisher from Cherny Entertainment. And I'm Josh Isom. And you're listening to the Party, Party Chat, Chat Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> 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 Nailed it. Xbox on. Game on, baby. Woo! Welcome to the Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. It's the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I'm this week's host, Delicious Cheese, aka Reese. Hi, everybody. And I'm joined by Mikey. What's up, Mikey? He's back. Mikey is back. It's been like, what, six months? Oh, it's a long time. Oh, Mikey's back in the house. Tonight, it is the Reese and Mikey show because Ross and Clay and Karina, all three, have like lives or something can you can you believe that crap mikey i no i'm a little upset because they forced me out of retirement yeah uh, Ugh, it's awful but seeing as it's uh, you know when, when the adults are out the boys can play so uh exactly. it's gonna be a good one uh we have an awesome interview lined up later on this episode with trendy entertainment the developers of dungeon defenders 2 so make sure everybody sticks around for that or you could you know skip ahead to that but but please don't do that uh <laughs> or do that depending on how this goes yeah well yeah that, that remains to be seen but uh mikey like i said welcome back uh I hear you just came back from some place that you know wasn't really that interesting. No, I I, I was out in uh, you know L.A. at E3. Oh, it was it was sounds, okay. That sounds that sounds pretty boring. It was really. awesome. I know, Mikey. T- tell us all about E3. So for those who don't know, uh, Mikey and also Richard, who is classy Turkey, uh, went to to E3 uh, this year together. Uh, not together, but, you know, they were there together. So, uh, Mikey, tell us all about E3 from the ground floor. What happened? How was it? How um, did it smell? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> like you expect a bunch of guys running around being, uh, you know, playing video games to smell, but... Mm. <laughs> it, uh, well, should I start from... I went to FanFest as well as at the conference. I, I did it all. I got the whole okay, experience. Okay, so just walk us through the whole thing. Um, well, Sunday arrives, and uh, we got to do the uh, the conference, and they lined us all up. Got to I actually touched Phil Spencer's hand. You did what? He, well, okay, so I, I got to tell you. An awkward, <laughs> Sorry, I got to tell you an awkward story. So I went to I went to give him a high five because he's sitting there shaking everyone's hand as he's coming by. So I'm like, shout out to him. I'll just give you a high five, man. And then he like awkwardly grabbed it. So what? I, I, he awkwardly like grabbed my hand to like handshake while I was trying to give him a high five. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, oh um, no. Oh it's, no. It's probably the low point of the whole E3. Oh no. <laughs> I, I I can feel the cringe. And then Ooh. later on, I got to meet him at FanFest, and he signed my hat. Except when he went to sign the three, he like hit a line in my hat, and it turned out to P seven instead of P three. Oh. And I kind of just had to give him a wink and go, I'll oh, know. He felt <laughs> super bad about it, though. Oh, dear. P7. Uh, so that, yeah, it's going to be my nickname for him for a little while is uh, P7. No one will know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I you heard it here first on the Party Chat podcast, P7. We, got, we get all the best exclusives. <laughs> but, but other than that, it was, um, 
I got to be on the ground floor for the conference. I got to see all 43 games talked about, and it was um, Mikey. Where were you sitting? Cool. Because uh, we were we were we were live uh, live podcasting like live casting the the actual thing, and the whole time whenever it showed the crowd, uh, we were looking for you. We Didn't were see probably you about eight or nine chair rows back, I think. We were behind so, the white section. There was one group that randomly got picked for the the white chairs. We were just behind them by about four rows. Ah, uh, so you weren't in that little group of people at the very front. No, unfortunately. I wanted to oh, be, we but... we thought you were in there. That would have... Damn. Well, yeah, no wonder we didn't see you then. Still, anyway, so how was that? Uh, it, amazing. Because uh, I've been there before. I was there for 2014. I was out in the crowd the year that they announced um, Master Chief Collection. And um, the energy with the FanFest crowd is a different level. I, I haven't experienced... Like, it's usually... You know the excitement you get personally when you're watching E3 and you see a game come out? Imagine hundreds of people all doing that simultaneously. It, it's it's an experience that I hope that I can go back to and see next year if I can get a fan fest ticket randomly on Twitter. I'm gonna try, but it was <laughs> so good. Like it was a dream come true for me. That's that's amazing, really. Uh, I mean, it must be you know like like going to your favorite concert or something, but you know for for video games. It, it pretty much. Um, like I, I I can't even give you an experience that's similar. Because I just thought it was the greatest thing of all time. So what was your what was your pick? What was the coolest thing to see on that huge ass 4K screen that had set up in there? Actually, the coolest thing was when they brought out the car, the Porsche, <laughs> the Porsche, and everyone you know you kind of feel the energy like everyone's like, oh, an actual car, dang it, yeah. But I, I'm well, like, I mean, this is really cool, guys. We get to see something that nobody else has seen. Yeah, and I mean, that's I, I've explained to people before that the Porsche is marketing genius because people who like Forza love cars and they got to see the first the new Porsche for the first time ever at E3 and they're going to get to play like drive the new Porsche virtually before anyone can drive it for real it's nuts if you love cars that was like that was like ecstasy for games um there's probably two things one I thought the the Sea of Thieves um part was done very well it's really funny wasn't it it, it could have, you know, it, they could have crossed into cringe territory, but they didn't. It was actually really funny. It wasn't terrible. And then the other thing was Anthem. I Ugh. I didn't expect that at all. I had heard about it, but them coming out of the base and going down through the tunnel, everyone in the crowd, you could feel oh, man. everyone kind of just stopped breathing. At first, I was like, meh, like this looks meh. And then... And I was like, oh, okay, so it's an Iron Man suit simulator. Yeah, whatever. And then when they took off and just started flying through the tunnel, like you said, I was, I was, that was when I was on board. I was like, choo-choo, let's go. And I hope it's not one of those moments where you see everything out there. You, you can't actually go there. You have to go down through the tunnel. I hope you can actually go out to those places, and I think you can. But we're, we're going to have to wait and see. It's, it, it, I think that it's going to be the next big thing if ea does this right i think it's gonna be the next thing you know or like the next they division yeah or it, i hope it's not the next division i'm hoping it's the next you know destiny to use overuse the cliche because mm-hmm. you know destiny is the first shooting mmo sort of game that was really successful on consoles no right. one's been able to emulate that but then again you know how do you steal bungee power that's tough it's not easy, but yeah. So that's it's it's gonna be awesome. So what else? Keep talking. Tell me all about E3. 
Well, I guess I'll just go right to the show floor. So, um, uh, so some people might know I'm kind of a Call of Duty guy. So the first game I went to was Call of Duty. Um, I actually In the besides zone? It, it um no it was actually by so they had two stations set up for this and I'll get to the the Sony area. I don't like to talk bad about people, but Sony actually kind of did something that I didn't really appreciate. Oh, but there was a separate Activision area set up for Destiny and Call of Duty. It was like kind of mashed together, Destiny on the left, Call of Duty on the right. So outside of industry people or workers in the game, I was like I think it was the eighth person in the world to actually get to play. Wow. And I like and I like to brag because I'm like I'm the I'm the first person to drop over 40 kills in a game and still lose. <laughs> oh man, it was just as a regular game of Call of Duty goes on Xbox Live. <laughs> and then later on I got to play with Richard and all of them in the group that we were with and I got I think it was 30 kills in team deathmatch and we we still lost. <sighs> but uh, Sorry, outside Mikey. of that, the, the it's, two it's best because I wasn't there to help you carry. That's that's the exact reason. <laughs> right. You, you're laughing, I know, but that, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts inside. Well, because I know, the people listening might not know, but I know your skill level in first-person shooters. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. It's not that bad. It's not that good either. N- no. no it's not. I will say, out of all the podcasters, I will say Jesse... Is actually really? He is. Me and him played Rainbow Six a little or a while back, and he he was he was actually carrying me, which is a surprise. Okay. That's, Don't tell him good. that. I mean, Hopefully, he doesn't no. listen like he always yeah, does. But just one go. time. No, he, he's listening. Hi, 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 Clay. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's all he plays. He should be good. That's like that's be. like implying that Ross is probably okay at Rocket League. That's true. He also, I think he. Well, I kind of kept my own with Ross, if I remember mm. right back in the day. Not to brag, but I'm um, pretty good at Rocket League too. <laughs> no, can, he scored way more than I did. You, see you brushing the the crumbs off your shoulder as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually doing a little swipe on my chest, so you're not yeah. too far off from the truth. My my two favorite games. I'm gonna have to cut a little short because there's so much I could talk about. Oh, of course. Um, and not to beat a dead like okay, Sea of Thieves. I will admit, when I first saw Sea of Thieves, I wasn't too excited because it looked too cartoony for me. Um, and complete 180. I went and played it, and I had I've never laughed so hard in my life. The night I played it at Fan Fest, and I think I played it again on Thursday. I told you. I. It was so good. I can't like. There's drinking in the game is fun. Yeah, it's hilarious that. You, you puke and you, you stumble around. I was around puking all and, over people's screens. And you know, I was if you, purposely if you, aiming. You know how you, if you you play the instruments. If you, I do. If you if you get drunk and you play the instrument, it sounds fine to you, but everyone else, it sounds awful. <laughs> oh, that's why. I was they okay. So my two first, my two only play sessions I've had, they designated me captain. I don't know what it is, but they made me drive the boat. And in one of them, I had a crew around me. They weren't actually doing any crew things, but they were playing while drinking. And I told them to stop because it sounded so bad. That <laughs> explains why. Yeah, yeah. To them, it sounded uh, ah, perfecto, you know. <laughs> but um, our playthrough, we, we killed the crew. Um, Richard actually got on board of another cruise ship, sent them off to sea while they weren't on it. 
so they couldn't even bring the treasure back that they got. Oh, you I, mean like I, like just set the, their ship rolling out to yeah, sea? Yeah, so what happened, and I'm going to originally blame Richard for this. We parked the boat, and we couldn't aim the cannons at the ship. <laughs> so uh. we had to create a backup plan. He jumped off. Me and another guy went to the island to take on this crew that was there. He jumped on their ship, turned it around, and set it off to sail. So, of course, we murdered the crew, took the treasure, set off to sail for the uh, the outpost, and then the, the devs cut our session off, so we didn't actually get to cash in our loot. But oh. besides that, oh, man, it's my um, drinking game of E3, my co-op game of E3, and for drinking, that includes in-game and out-of-game. Yeah, it's, it's just so funny with a bunch of friends. Like, uh, The reason I tell everybody to play it, like, give it a try. Honestly, you need to play it with people because it's... You can you can look at it and be like, oh yeah, it looks okay, but you need to play like this. It's one of those games that you need to pick up and and try for yourself. It it really can it really will change your mind. It was great. My second game. Yeah. And I also didn't expect this, because at first it was the Darwin Project. Oh. Um. Was yeah. That awful shout casting. It was, and that's actually what turned me off originally. Is I didn't really I didn't get into it initially. But I went and tried it uh, FanFest, and I actually returned to play it another time at FanFest, and again two more times while at E3. Okay, so can you tell me what kind of game it is? Because I had no idea. It was like a third-person MOBA, or, or what? Is it, is it like Smite? Uh, think more like Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Oh. It, it's in, well, it's, it's scaled down tremendously. It's not, you know, 100 players or anything. It's seven players as of right now. The devs are kind of tweaking it back and forth. It's a more refined experience, in my opinion, than Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Uh, one of the key things that I had for the game is okay. Well, first of all, you start off with a hatchet and you start off with a bow. Those are your two weapons. I believe you can change your hatchet to whatever other weapon you want for a melee weapon, but it's just cosmetic. And you can level all these things up. The refined mechanic for me in Player Unknown Battlegrounds, you get into fights with players, and then there's that long points in between the fight where it's like you're just kind of searching for loot. Nothing really exciting is happening. The Darwin Project, there's actually more things than just grabbing loot. They, they mask it better. So I go okay. out and I find trees. I find leather. I search for electronics. And then I have to choose what I want to use my loot for in order to level up my guy. There's a mechanic because you start on an ice arena. You have to level up your coat in order to maintain your heat level more efficiently. No matter what, you always have to build a fire at some point to heat your character up. Otherwise, your character will freeze and die. But it's one of the things that will slow down, and it becomes more useful the more you level it up. You can okay. increase your speed, uh, your hatchet strength, the number of arrows you're carrying. Uh, you have to use a piece of wood for every arrow you make. So you can run an animal pretty easily. Mm, so it's it's like really hardcore then. It didn't look like it from the, from the graphics. It is. Um... <laughs> I don't know what's so magical about it. And it's kind of ridiculous because when you hit somebody, you don't just hit them. You can tell when you hit somebody because you'll knock them 20 feet back, either with an arrow or an axe. And then you have okay. to rush and attack them again. So it's all out chaos, but it also feels competitive at the same time. It's not ridiculous to the point where it's, I'm calling BS, I died, this is totally ridiculous, I shouldn't have, you know, that type of game. Yeah. Okay, that's... That's really interesting to hear because uh, that's the game that no one seems to be really talking about. It, it should. It's my sleeper pick for E3. Okay, 
that's that's really interesting to hear. I have to say, any any other uh, any other fun games or cool booths or anything else that you want to talk about before we move on to the interview? There's one weird game I played. What's that? Um, it's it's called Chicken. C- chicken. C H C K N. They chicken. it's chicken without the vowels. Okay. What what platform was it on? Xbox or PC? Uh, or? It, it was Steam early release. And okay. it, it was it was like Minecraft meets Spore. What? Yeah. How? Um, so you I get don't all understand. these you get all these building blocks, and it's a ridiculous amount of blocks they have in the game right now. They don't have it graphically optimized yet. It kind of looks. It doesn't look the greatest, mm-hmm. but you build all these blocks together. You put them all together: arms, legs, neck, you know, torso, heads, eyes. And then you basically hit give life and your creature will actually start moving. Uh, and it has AI passed and stuff and it'll go about and do its own business. And the developer liked what I created and he comes to my side and he goes, go eat that thing over in the corner. And he had me pull out a whistle. I got to control my creature and tell it to go eat other people's terrible creations because there were some... Very uncreative, very, very <laughs> terrible decisions on people's part. But he had me go eat them, and it just—it was kind of just stupid fun. So it's like multiplayer then. You you all you make your creatures and you eat each other, or as of right now it was single player. And what he was mm-hmm. doing is he was having people build a creation, then they'd move on, and so all these creations were kind of just building up in a single world. Oh, I got you. But it was it was just dumb fun. Huh. Which, you know, I it's not like I do not like dumb fun, so I had a fun time with it. I'm going to have to Google that after this. That sounds interesting. But uh, is there anything else, or should we, should we move on? I go on and on, so we should probably move on. Alrighty, well, in that case, I'll cut over to our interview with the, uh, the guys from Trendy Entertainment. Xbox Snap, this week's interview. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's interview. This week, we are joined by Josh Isom and Colin Fisher from Trendy Entertainment, the developers of Dungeon Defenders 2. Hi, guys. Welcome to the pod. Hey, nice. Thanks for having us. Hey, good to meet you. Brilliant. And Mikey's here as well. Hi, Mikey. Hi. <laughs> so, so boys, uh, once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, welcome to the pod. How about we... St- Kick things off nice and easy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you guys are and what you do at Trendy Entertainment? Sure. Well, I'm uh, I'm Colin Fisher, otherwise known as Alandrian on the inner tubes, and I'm an assistant producer here at Trendy Entertainment, and I handle uh, generally marketing and general production of our game. So I'm Josh Isom. I'm the community manager at Trendy Entertainment. Uh, so what I do is I handle the forums and social media and in-game events uh, for Dungeon Defenders 2. And I handle all the feedback that comes in, and I sit in on some of the meetings and offer my input on what the community would like in the game. Neat. So speaking of Dungeon Defenders 2, you guys just released your newest game, Dungeon Defenders 2, on the Xbox One, and you released it totally free. Yeah, fancy that, you know. Uh, but uh, so uh, for our listeners who, uh, who might be unfamiliar with Dungeon Defenders, uh, why don't you guys uh, just tell us in your own words a little bit about the game itself? Yeah, so Dungeon Defenders 2 is what we call an action tower defense game. So it's kind of like a chocolate and peanut butter situation where you've got uh, traditional tower defense building uh, mixed in together with kind of like uh, 
Diablo-esque loot and RPG and leveling and pets. Um, so it's tower defense and RPG, uh, but you also, once you build your defenses, you can get right in there in the action and start murdering everything and causing general mayhem. Murder is good. Yeah. Murder is good? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Uh, uh, might have to edit that out as well. Oh, I'm going to keep it in. Guys, we're, we're rated E. Come yeah. on now. That escalated quickly. It I did, know. yeah. So the Xbox One version is possibly one of the, the best-kept secrets in gaming. Uh, nobody really saw it coming. Just how did you manage to keep a lid on it like from other people finding out? Do you guys, do you guys like still all have your, your limbs, your toes? No, nothing cut off? <laughs> Are you here against your will? Think twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you see me blinking <laughs> over the Internet? No. Dang. Uh, well, we are both here against our will. Uh, no, and how did we cut the secret? I don't even know. You don't really have a lot of control over that. We're super lucky. Uh, we didn't say anything. That's usually step one. We've been working on it for a while, though. Another thing, too, is we, we had a very small team working on it. When I say small team, I'm talking like one to two people for a long time. So it was kind of... Uh, you know, we, we're already a small team here at Trendy, and we've had, uh, you know, everyone's had a has touched the build at some point to help out whenever it needs it. But in terms of like dedicated people uh, working on the build itself, it's been a, like a handful of developers at any given time. So it's just been, you know, there haven't been a ton of people that have really been exposed to the progress that we we're making. Besides, obviously, like our production team and you know, our, our executives monitoring, you know, progress. Um, but other than that, like, it's actually been kind of, it's just been happening kind of under the radar while we've been, you know, working on maintaining the early access build on uh, PC and PlayStation 4 while we were working on the Xbox version. And I think the best thing is that, and also the worst thing, is that people have been asking us over and over, please make an Xbox One version. Why do you hate your Xbox fans? And the whole time I'm just sitting there like, I wish I could tell you. We're making it. I might have been one of those people. Yeah, me too. Uh, <clears throat> suddenly this You're the one. one in here or <laughs> No, it's so good to finally be able to tell people like, yes, we're making it. We love you guys. Ever since the DD1 days, you know. And being able to tell them, hey, only in a couple weeks right? it's going to be out. Yeah. Like it's not often that you get to say 3 weeks from now you're getting an Xbox One version. Yep. You don't really hear that a lot. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you know, besides just Xbox, you've had Dungeon Defenders 2 and Early Access on Steam for over two years now. Overall, what does it finally feel like to be able to release the whole thing? First of all, starting off for, for Josh and I, doing marketing and community management, we're terrified and excited of our launch. So the feeling, <laughs> the feeling right now is mixed roller coaster of emotions. But honestly, just being able to kind of uh, call it the release version and come out as a quote-unquote full product, it feels really good. It feels really good to kind of achieve this point. And it's it's kind of weird, though, because, like, we're, you know, with free-to-play games, they'll, they'll kind of quote-unquote launch, but then continue to kind of build and add and expand the game post-launch. Yeah. So that's kind of what our idea, too, is kind of after our, you know, releasing as a full product, quote-unquote, uh, we, we still plan to really add and continue building out the game and, you know, add content for players to experience for free. Yeah, that was that was actually what I was 
going to ask you next is, you know, like, how do you decide when a game is finally, you know, done, finger quotes? Like, at, at what point do you just think, like, yes, this is it, we good? How does that come about? So that, that answer uh, kind of depends. For Dungeon Defenders 2, uh, because we're an early access game, what we mean when we say launched or released is that these are the systems that we're going to have in the game. We're just, we've, we've polished them up. We've made them better based on community feedback. And from here, we're only going to grow and improve. Um, if you haven't been following along with our early access progress, you know, for the past two and a half years, we've been making major system revamps uh, based on the feedback that we've been getting from our community. Systems that might have been there in December, whatever, 2014, whew, it's been so long, might not be there now. So this, that's what launch means. Nice. These are the systems. Another thing we have is we, we actively monitor the rage levels of our forums. <laughs> and then when, when levels have subsided to the lower points that we can get them to, then we're like, you know what? It's probably time. It's probably time now. <laughs> you got a little DEFCON meter in the office? Yeah, yeah DEFCON. Uh, we're, uh, we're at a low DEFCON level. Everything looks fine. You know what? Maybe we release now. No, no, no. Out the door. Go, go, go. Quick. Launch. <laughs> Launch. I've been doing my best to avoid your early access progress because it's hurting my heart. Not, not being out on the Xbox, but now it's come out. Finally, I can go back and... and follow the journey, which is kind of cool, actually, retrospectively. Yeah, and it's all documented. We've made 70-plus dev streams, 90-plus developer logs. You know, we were having news there every week. So you're saying I should book, like, a weekend? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you should go and just, like, uh, get you a glass of wine or whatever you prefer. If this is family-friendly, some uh, some water. Yeah. Root beer? Ooh, root beer. beer. There you go. We are going to have root beer in Finland. So what do you do for, like, root beer floats? What's that? Oh, no. Oh, wow. No root, uh, I think, I don't know if we can keep doing this podcast. Oh, oh no. Are I'm, we done? Oh. I'm just, I'm so offended. Oh. I'm standing up and walking to the door. <laughs> guys, I've guys, never guys, been so triggered guys, in my life. I, I can make it up to you. I can, <laughs> I can bring root beer floats to Finland. You guys could be a part of that. I mean, I'm down. Yeah. We'll ship you, stream it. <laughs> yes. I'll, a I'll new get, export we, for us. We've got the guys. Uh, we've got the guys from Mixer coming up in two weeks. I think we can arrange something. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, what were some of the things you guys learned during your early access journey, and um, what were some of the biggest differences between the release version and the original? This is a great question. So, this is the first time we've ever made a game in early access. Um, something that was really interesting is that uh, in design, there's a philosophy called fail fast, which essentially means you move through a bunch of different systems until you get it right, based, and you go through a cycle of creation, uh, feedback, iteration, and you keep cycling through that. In almost all game development, you do that behind the scenes. Uh, it happens in almost every game. Our early access philosophy was that we wanted the community to be involved in that process. So there were a lot of times where we would put out like the first or second version of a feature and then get them involved in the feedback and the iteration. And it was really interesting to see how people would react to that system. It's easy to think that uh, a developer is like losing the vision or don't have a roadmap because you're doing that process very visibly. Uh, so that was really interesting to see how a community would react to actually being involved in the game development process that maybe they hadn't experienced, not in just any other game, but in 
other early access games, because most of the other developers that we've talked to still tend to iterate behind the scenes before putting out a, a system publicly. So that was one of the really interesting things was learning how people would react to that process. You also asked about the biggest differences between the release version and the original, and that would be a whole podcast in and of itself. I'm pretty oh. sure we can just say everything. Everything. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I right. think that would be true. <laughs> everything. It's been almost every system has been tweaked at the very least. You could probably go online and see a lot of videos from uh, from our first early access. You know, we had people in the community making videos. But if you were to look at it, it, it would look like a totally different game. Are those early videos terrifying? They, I don't so, want to watch them. Like you I, 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 them. Like the, the photos I don't want to delete you're a teenager. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's like Full the live journal that oh, you have. No. Look back and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I look back on those with just wonder and amazement you know, that I was a, ever at that point in my life. There's a subreddit. They're so 2D five me. They're like, oh my god. What's the subreddit? There's a subreddit for this. Slash r slash the blunder years. Oh, perfect. No. The blunder years. That it's amazing. amazing. Go there, sort go. by top. It's it's you're like, oh, the 90s. Hello. <laughs> I remember. It makes you, you feel better about yourself. But uh, back on topic. Um, <coughs> <coughs> podcast. Right, we have a game. Yeah. Your first game, in fact, uh, Dungeon Defenders. It's like a real classic of the Xbox 360, you know, Xbox Live Arcade era. Can you guys tell us, you know, how much you've expanded upon the original? You know, does it does it differ in any significant way, or is it more of a uh, more of the stuff that everyone liked? Well, the first obvious difference is that we're free to play. Yeah, well. So besides that, you know, the core content in the game can actually be experienced for free. Uh, we kept a lot of the same characters and a lot of defenses that people enjoyed. Uh, from the first game, a lot of similar systems, you know, it's still defending against waves of enemies, building, we have a build phase and a combat phase, we still have loot that you put together and, you know, it gives you stats on your heroes and stats on your towers. Uh, you know, we just took a lot of the systems and gameplay loops from the first game and iterated on them and added them to the second game. Uh, Josh has been around longer than I have, so I'm sure he can, like, have some more interesting call-outs. Uh, I was just a player of the first game before coming to work on uh, Dungeon Defenders 2. But it's definitely, there's a lot of similar gameplay loops and concepts that kind of transfer over from one. But two is a very different game. You know, we, we really wanted to expand on what we felt was the weakest part of DD1, which was the action, the actually getting in there and fighting enemies. So we spent a, uh, quite a bit of time in the beginning of DD2's development, really fleshing that out and making that feel better. Um, while still retaining the amazing, you know, tower defense gameplay from the first game and all of those systems that Colin just spoke to. But yeah, that was kind of like our, our overall focus for DD2. Well, that's nice. My, my girlfriend's going to thank you because uh, her and I played the first game like for hundreds of hours and uh, she played the knight, the, the melee character, and basically that was her only complaint, mm -hmm. that melee combat was meh. I think well, this game is the only thing that, that kept me and my axe together at right. time. Really? Yeah, after we stopped playing, we uh, we no longer had anything in common. <laughs> Savage. Um, well, wow. you, you touched on it. You know, the biggest one of the big differences is that it's free now, which thank you, by the way, because, you know, yeah, thanks for that. that's easier on my wallet. Mm. Um, what made you guys decide to make it free? 
What made us decide to make it free-to-play was that it's a cooperative game and there's like a barrier to entry that we were noticing in DD1. We had a lot of people say, I want my friends to play, but they're not going to spend money on it. Uh, we actually started reducing the price of DD1. You could like find it for like a dollar and a half, two dollars, gave it out for free on uh, Xbox and other systems that I don't know if I can say on an Xbox One podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, he, we, we he made who, the very We do not mention by name. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we all own basically every single system. I've got a Switch sitting next to me. Uh, I've got, I'm talking to you on a PC. You know, we're, we're, we're the old man podcast, right, Marky? Yeah, all four of them are within an arm's reach of me, actually, right now, including PC. Because we're making a virtual port. Oh, port. good. That, that's, that's good to know. I mod the Nintendo subreddit, and those guys will be oh. overjoyed to hear that. Well, I'm making a ColecoVision port, so it's oh. going to be great. Really quality. What about Atari? Eh, Atari was too expensive. Isn't Atari making a new console? <laughs> they are. Yeah, Atari's making a new console. Back to your game. Um, we're on tangents tonight. It's great. Oh, um, yeah. uh, when it comes to, to tower defense games, like, I, I personally find that they are at their most fun when everything is just on the very razor's edge of going horribly, horribly wrong. That sort of, no, 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 yes moment that you get in, in only tower defense. You know, so how, how do you guys go about finding the, diff like the balance between difficulty and, and frustration? It's really interesting that you mentioned that because that is one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we get. Uh, and it's incredibly tough to find that perfect balance. Early in our game's development, you would have that moment in almost every match and it was the most stressful game that you could possibly play. <laughs> it was, it, you just step away from it shaking and like, I love this. Smoke break, <laughs> have a smoke and a scotch. Uh, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, you, know, you have to iterate a lot with your community is what we've seen. Uh, trying to find the balance of that only happening once in a blue moon. Yeah, I mean, cause is, if it's too easy, then you just sit behind your towers, towers like, yep. Uh, so who wants a sandwich, you know, and if it's, if you just get stomped, everyone's like, well, that was no fun. So it has to sort of, it has to sort of delete like game a, a middle. Yeah. Delete this. We also found that with being a free to play game, like obviously free to play games, try to get really everyone that they can into the game. And, and while before we might've had a more like core audience that was really intense about DD one, you know, we found that, you know, we have kind of different types of gamers playing DD2, and they really kind of want different things about their moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. And we definitely saw that. We, we recently, recently semi-recently, released a new enemy called the Siege Tank this past December. And it's a big, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tank that moves slowly down the lane, and its, its weak point is in the back, and it just absorbs like 90% of incoming tower damage. And we had a lot, like a huge part of our community just had a huge negative reaction to the siege tank because they're like, my towers can't kill it. I don't want to have to actively go out as my hero and go, <laughs> you know, kill it myself. Like, I want to be able to kind of stay back and let it die. But then we had, you know, some other voices going like, hey, the siege tank, it really adds something to the gameplay, right? Like, you have to, you can't just AFK farm. You have to go out and kill it or else you, it's going to crush your defenses. Like, you have to do something about it. So we really had a lot of kind of, even internally, we had kind of a lot of mixed feelings about it. I mean, personally, I loved when we added it because I did feel like 
you know, it was a great addition to our game. But again, I was one of those players that would actively go out in a lane. I didn't want to sit in AFK. I, I wanted to go out and have to kill things in order for my defenses to stay alive. But then we found a lot of people, you know, a lot of people enjoy kind of like the the AFK, uh, the strategic commander aspect of playing a def tower defense game. <laughs> I, uh, I'm one and, of those. And they don't want to do that. Well, right. So we I, have I love you know, building different my, players. My army of towers and just sitting back like, <laughs> kill. Ex yeah, how, exactly. How dare they make you play the game? Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a huge, and still remains to be a huge challenge when we're adding content to our game. And not only that, you know, we've got scaling power you've got loot and it grows and grows um, so it's also really difficult to try to find that balance for all players because you can only have so much control over what how powerful a player is going to be at a specific difficulty so that's something that we've been going back and forth on throughout development as well we feel like we're at a good point right now and obviously we're going to listen to the feedback that we get uh, once we launch um, but i think another point of uh, how do you go about finding the perfect balance? And it's something that we're going to be working on post-launch is actually letting players control the difficulty for themselves. Like, what experience do you want when you come into, obviously, this unique genre blend of tower defense and RPG where there's scaling power? You know, what, what level of failure or what level of almost failure do you find fun? And it's really trying to find that balance. Another question for you. How replayable is the game? I know that's one of the big aspects of tower defense. It has to be replayable. And because we've heard you guys are putting lots of focus on the end game. And could you explain a little bit about the end game? So the way the end game works right now is you kind of you enter into our various levels of, of chaos once you beat the campaign. And you go through the uh, a game mode we could have called the trials. And then there's incursions as well that are going to be included in launch. So trials are, it's kind of a playlist of maps at a given difficulty. And you play them and it, it drops loot that scales to uh, your currently like best equipped hero. And you slowly kind of progress your gear. Uh, and then you really kind of determine when you can move up to the next difficulty. Like maybe you get a little bit of uh, loot from Chaos 1 and then you can go try Chaos 2. And if you can't beat it, then you go back to Chaos 1, you can keep grinding a little bit on gear. Uh, or maybe you have some friends, right, and you guys are really good, and you can blast through Chaos 2 way earlier than you could solo. Uh, and, and so that's kind of how Trials is, is how we're intending it to play out and kind of how we've seen that people have been using it right now. Uh, and then in between that, we kind of have these little extra rewards that we've added in the form of incursions. Incursions used to be their own separate game mode that players could play in the end game. But what we found is they're much shorter, kind of like scripted fun event levels. And we just found that people were, were farming and kind of exploiting the mechanics within them and the rewards within them. And then they would only end up playing them exclusively, which is never really what we wanted. We wanted people to, you know, defend maps and have a continuing scaling challenge in the game and not just kind of brainlessly farm forever. Uh, so we added them in a fun way where when you beat a level on, on trials, like at Chaos 1, you unlock one or two incursions at that chaos level. And then when you beat them, you unlock a special weapon that corresponds to the incursion that you just beat. So as you're playing and leveling up through the currently, we have uh, seven levels of chaos. As you're leveling up through the different levels of chaos, 
you're unlocking new weapons and new passives on those weapons that then you can use in your defense. So it's cool kind of unique bonuses that you unlock as you continue progressing. And then on top of that, eventually, uh, we're planning on bringing back kind of our, our survival modes, and we called it Onslaught in DD2, which is kind of the, the super high scaling, uh, you know, game mode that that end game players can really sink their teeth into. Uh, but that's something that we're working on for a post-launch update, and it isn't currently in the launch uh, update, but we really want to release it soon afterwards and give give kind of some serious meat for those end game players to be biting into. That sounds amazing. I want to go and do all that right now. <laughs> like right, right this second. Download. I, I have to wait till tomorrow. But, uh, well, actually, it's not going to be tomorrow. This pod's going out on Thursday, so it's going to be like uh, two days ago. But uh, anyway. Um, so guys, yes, two days in the past. Yes. Um, can't wait till two days ago. Yeah, yes. I can't wait till two days ago. It's going to be Did awesome. you like our game? <laughs> well, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, guys, uh, you know, you're talking so much about strats and whatever else. Uh, so which character is your main? Well, you got any pro tips? I used to main the squire, now it's the monk. Actually, no, now it's the initiate. It's the uh, Ooh. female version of the hunk. Of the, of the hunk. Of the, the hunk. The huntress slash monk. Mm. The new hunk character. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I main the monk. Pro tips, overlap your auras, make kill zones. Don't be an idiot like I was for the first few hours and only putting one aura in an area in which Colin... Gave me an earful for being so dumb. You're not playing the game the way I want you to play it. <laughs> pretty, classic, pretty much. Classic yeah. tower defense. Grumble, grumble. Yeah. Uh, my main, hmm, it's a hard one. I started out as Squire also just because I really liked playing the, uh, I played a lot of the Countess in DD1, which was the gender swap version of the Squire. And she moved around the map a little bit quicker, so I always enjoyed her increased movement speed over the, over the old DD1 Squires. So I started with just regular Squire in this game because that was my main in Duty 1. But honestly, I've kind of switched, I think. And it's got to be a mix between... I really enjoy the Initiate also. I was enjoying the Monk because we gave him, like, double jump. and gave him, So he had a little more uh, uh, mobility, and we improved kind of how melee attacks work and melee combos. And uh, you're not... We got rid of root motion in melee, so you can kind of freely strafe around and be attacking and beating up enemies and using abilities. Uh, and then the initiate has some really cool. She'll like, she can jump up in the air and then slam down with her cheese stomp and knock up dudes. She's really awesome. But she's who I'm using right now primarily because I think she's cool. But before that, my main was probably the Abyss Lord. The Abyss Lord was my main. He's really cool. He's like a skeletal version of the. Uh, newer rethought version of the old summoner and he summons kind of undead uh, towers to do his bidding and he has like skeletal archers and skeleton barricades and these ramster towers that shoot out a cone of fire and he has a really cool ability called direct command and you can use them you can use that ability on a tower and it'll give it a huge buff temporarily so when you use it on the archers they'll fire out this rain of arrows and giant cones at a huge range uh, and it's very powerful if you have some gear. So I really enjoy uh, that gameplay with that character. So he's probably my main uh, pro tips. My pro tips would be watch our tutorial videos and play the tutorial because we've talked 
we didn't used to surface kind of advanced concepts in our game at all within the game, but now we have a really good in-game resource of kind of presenting, like Josh said, making kill zones with aura, trying to get you know all, your auras to overlap as much as you can and just have them all in like a condensed area. My super pro tip is a very basic one that you know a lot of players really d miss out on and don't understand is you know it's really basic build offensive towers behind barricades you know we've actually found that a lot of new players will try to build towers in front of walls to get kind of the best coverage on their damage right and then they end up dying and losing the map because they're out of towers and they don't have more mana to build more and it's just like yeah i wish i wish i didn't have to put that in there but i do so that's like my ultimate pro tip is build towers behind walls makes Play sense the game correctly <laughs> <laughs> so what i'm getting from this is as an ex-squire guy from the first game skip squire and just jump completely to something else oh no way i love squire don't do that Squire's <laughs> well, it dope. seems like you guys all uh, well, i used to do squire now. but this guy's you know moved on <laughs> well it's just we we played we had such a period of time where like a long period of time where it was just the starting four heroes before we actually started to add more heroes to the game. So for us, it's a little different because it's like, oh my God, we played so much of the starting four guys. Please give us a new character. While we've moved on from Squire, <laughs> Squire is hugely powerful. He, is, he, is a, he can shoot giant laser sword beams. He has his taunt Just aura that life. also increases his uh, movement speed and I think damage a little bit. And then he's got this seismic slam earthquake thing that mm -hmm. stuns and does tons of damage. Like he's an awesome character. So I definitely don't say skip him because, and his defenses are great, right? He has walls, he has cannonball towers, he's got ballistas again, and he has some training dummies that are kind of like the uh, slice and dice a little bit from DD1. Like, he's a really good character. And he wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear you talk him up a little bit more again. <laughs> getting a little depressed. <laughs> Is there any classic tower defense games you guys used to play yes. that you maybe got inspiration from or something else just for yeah. joy? Definitely. So I personally played a ton of Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne tower defense maps. Oh, boy. Oh, Probably yeah. LTD being you are my favorite. friends. <laughs> Welcome. So much. I played so many different TDs. And then also I played a lot of Squadron TD and StarCraft and StarCraft 2. Uh, and then obviously we've, I mean, a bunch of us here have played, you know, larger uh, released tower defense games such as like Defense Grid and Kingdom Rush. Like a ton of people in the studio have played a lot of Kingdom Rush and have played through those levels and Defense Grid. Uh, and then you know, a bunch of people have played Warcraft 3 tower defense games. I mean, those were kind of some of the be-all, end-all of tower defense were some of those custom maps. And for me, uh, the tower defense games that I played the most before Dungeon Defenders, there was this free online game called Amp Buster. I don't know if anyone even knows that. <laughs> Amp Buster? Amp Buster is amazing. Oh, There's actually a version of it that gives you unlimited money, and it just scales infinitely. And even at that point, it still gets absurdly difficult. It's amazing. Go check that out. Oh, and balloons. How did balloons I forget balloons? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> defense Grid, obviously. Story in the tower defense game was pretty sweet and had a lot of cool uh, modifiers for replayability. I played a little bit of Kingdom Rush. I don't think I actually finished Kingdom Rush. 
It's on my. How dare you? Yeah. yeah. How dare you? How can you work? Those devs don't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I played Crystal Defenders. I don't know if you've heard of that. Final Fantasy. The Final Fantasy like mobile one. Yeah, and it was on uh, Xbox 360. Oh yeah, that's right. It was on 360. That's right. That game was sweet. Did you guys and, play the uh, Toy Soldiers games? Because they're a bit like yeah. Engine Defenders. Oh, definitely. Toy Soldiers was sweet. Did you play that new one they came out with? I played the new one at He-Man. Yeah. I was all about He-Man and Rambo. <laughs> oh, Rambo. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, of course, uh, Orcs Must Die. Yes. Sanctum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sanctum, that's right. I played a ton of Sanctum. Oh, man. Sanctum 1 and Sanctum 2. I played yeah, both Orcs Must Die games and the new one. Yeah. We're really good friends with uh, Robot, the people mm-hmm. who make Orcs Must Die, and Coffee Stain. I believe that's her name. I, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Coffee Stain, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I always wanted to do a Sanctum and Orcs Must Die crossover. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Still need to get that. Exclusive Tower Defense scoop. Bros crossover. Yeah. Super <laughs> Tower Defense. <laughs> so, so, guys, what's next for Dungeon Defenders then? Like, uh, what uh, after the release, you know, what what are you guys working on? Is it is it that update you mentioned before for the the end game or what? Or Heart Boxer Brief DLC, mm. like the old game? That's so already actually in. that's already a thing. Oh, it is. So. See, <laughs> I was Mike, worried about this. Mikey like, I don't has been game. maybe it is. Mikey has been talking about this all day. I'm not joking here. We we prepped like eight hours yeah. ago, and he was like, have you written anything about hot boxes? And I was like, what? No. <laughs> so, so that is a thing. That is in our game currently, and you can equip those on the Squire. Uh, but what's, what's next for kind of the future of our game? It's really, obviously, immediately after launch, we're going to be monitoring the servers and monitoring for bugs, you know, making sure any... If there's any like big issues, that we respond to them very quickly. But kind of in the you know the short, medium, long term, our, our, our short term is that we're trying to work on kind of a better system for matchmaking, a better system for parties. Uh, we're also working on again, like I was talking about, the new survival slash onslaught type of mode. Uh, that's probably not what it will end up being called, but I just mean, we, we had Onslaught in the early access game before, and we took it out because we had an, it was super outdated and didn't fit with our progression anymore. Uh, so we're, we're revamping it, and we might call it something new and, and kind of have a new idea for what that's supposed to be. Um, so that's kind of what we're trying to work on very soon. And then kind of medium term, you know, there's a lot more stuff we'd like to do with really all the systems in the game, really polishing them up, listening to feedback from the community, uh, figuring out, you know, how we can make loot progression feel better, how we can make kind of the longer-term progression feel better. Uh, and then we have some ideas for our longer term. Uh, there's been a very desired character in the community for a long time, uh, which is the Barbarian. It's not really like a secret that he's been a demanded hero. And he's been a personally demanded hero of mine uh, since before I even came on the team. So I'm always forever going to push for the Barbarian to be released. Uh, but we've actually had kind of some cool ideas talking about what we could do to make the Barbarians release even more appealing, which I'm not going to reveal, but it's been kind of a, a cool thing that we've been talking about planning and uh, some extra kind of fun content for players to do and, and how we can theme our content in the future uh, to be more interesting, especially as a post-release game, right? Kind of do content that people expect and want of a post-release title. That sounds really cool, but, you know, guys... Thanks for coming by today. We've uh, we've basically exhausted our list of questions except for the very last one. And you know we've had a had a lot of fun. There's been plenty of jokes and laughs, and it's been all kind of you know casual and 
and whatever else, but I'm, I'm afraid I really have to do this to you. I have to ask you like a serious, like a really hard hit. Oh God. The cutting, cutting edge of journalism question. Like, I, I'm sorry I lied to you when I, when I brought you on, but I really have to ask you this. Okay. So are you ready? All right, I think we're prepared. Uh, okay, I'm not sure so. though. Here we go. Read. Okay. This is, this is serious journalism. All right. Which classic video game character could you knock out in one single punch? <laughs> okay. Um, you really set that one up. Yep. Yep. You like that? Yeah. Colin, you go first. <laughs> so. All right. So, who I could knock out in a single punch? Yeah. Who, who could you? Because take? that what makes me immediately think of is Punch Out. Right. Like well, the original Punch Out. Yeah, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Because I don't know. You literally said who could you knock out in a single punch? And I just like I strongly believe that I could knock out Little Mac, the main character, in a single punch. Cause he's like a puny dude and he might he might seem really strong and awesome, but like you he, when he gets hit in that game, like you're done. But he can take out die. Mike Tyson. He can Mike take Tyson. him out with punches, but he can't take a punch very well. Right? Mm. So like mm. I believe that I could if I actually got to hit him in, with a single punch. Okay. So, okay, so, dumpster. so we're assuming that you can actually hit him. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. And okay. one hit. So you're saying yes. he's a glass jaw. Yes. Okay. Okay. We'll lock that in for you. And the other one? I want two answers here. You don't get away with one. This is such a dumb answer. I don't know. You say classic. Go with your heart. This dude man. is not classic. Go with your heart. I'm just thinking. It doesn't have to uh, be classic. From the NES. Go with There's your heart. that game, Yo Noid. Yo, Noid? Oh, no. That was that was based on, like, the Domino's You could take the, noid. Noid, the Domino's Noid? <laughs> yeah, I could punch out the Noid. In one hit. <laughs> At the very least, I want to punch out the Noid in one hit. I thought you were going to say, like, like, Luigi or, like, Wario or something. Oh, like, punch I mean, the Noid. Like, I don't know. I mean, I grew up with a very limited selection of video games here. You know, like, scouring pawn shops. I thought Yo Noid was a beloved video game classic. Am I wrong? Uh, well, to some, to some. Do we, do we not all remember playing that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god, Yo Noid was good. Go check it out. It, it it's it's pretty good. There's a there's a few uh, YouTubers who have uh, made interesting videos about his video games. <laughs> I always wanted Dominoes afterward. I didn't I didn't know why until yeah, that game. Yeah, Domino's. It's great. Please send us pizza. Yeah, yeah please. Uh, uh, this if you, if you could eat, like, like, come to Finland, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can just FedEx it to me. Mm -hmm. There you go. Root beer and, and root beer and Domino's. Yes, root beer. Of we course. did it. It sounds like it's an happening. American dinner to me. But yeah, I, I actually feel really bad if you were to get that crate because that sounds like an awful meal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Domino's. We'll call listening. it. We'll call it the shame crate. <laughs> <laughs> the crate of shame. You will not feel good after eating this. <laughs> Can you send your tears back to us? <laughs> Put a full pile. Just in a jar. Yeah. Mmm. I'll 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 think about it. But uh, no bile though. <sighs> no, Mikey. Just. <laughs> Wait. Um, hold on. Hold on. We had to answer the question. Have you ever answered the question? Yes. What characters would you knock out in a single punch? I said Cubert. Whoa, that's rude, dude. What wow. did he ever do? He just jumps on he boxes. Got a, he got a putty mouth. Yeah, he would probably absorb your fist into his nose. Mm. Yeah. As as long as I don't like allow him to jump diagonally, I think I can. I think I could take him. 
and I think mine was was it Carmine from Gears of War? And, whoa, whoa, too soon. <laughs> That's <laughs> why. Like it only takes a single shot. Might as well only take a single punch. Yeah. You can't duck worth Damn. the crap, so <laughs> low hanging fruit. No, like my best friend, okay? Low all all three of them. All three of them. Uh, seriously, it's it's been a lot of fun. You've been you've been really good sports. Thanks for putting up with our our terrible jokes and and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely, man. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, same. Yeah, good, good. That's that's why we're here. And I hope absolutely everybody enjoys Dungeon Defenders Two. What day is it out? It is officially out tomorrow. Uh, two, you mean Tuesday? Be careful, June careful on the wordage here. Two days in the in that's the true. past, that's the twentieth of June. The twentieth. Fantastic. And uh, where, where can the, the subredditors find you other than on Reddit, of course? You can find us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash trendy ENT, trendy N. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash dungeon offenders. We have a website, dungeonoffenders.com, and that's where our forums are, and you can find us there all the time. Um, Discord, we actually have an official yep. DD2 Discord, uh, which you can check us out there. And at our subreddit. And at our subreddit. Really? So we can find you everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> All the things. Always there. We're watching. Creeping. Fantastic. Mm. Oh. Thanks a lot, guys, and uh, see you later. Well, that was a great interview, don't you think, Mikey? I thought it was. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was all right. It's okay. No, seriously, that was great. We, we didn't laugh at all. No, no. <laughs> what a bunch of great guys. Seriously, I cannot wait to play this game two days ago. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I have put so many hours into the first one, like like two hundred or more. Uh, it's it's I can't wait. Uh, but uh, Mikey, the the interview went for quite a while, so I think we've only got time for one more topic, and I I know it's a topic that's close to your heart, and that is that user Arctic Flamingo. Great name. Uh, he posted that the PC World magazine struggled to build a PC that is equal in performance to an Xbox One X. And if they included uh, things like a UHD Blu-ray player, controller, and wireless network card, and a few other things that come you know, standard with the console, the price would rise up to over a 1000 And this caused a huge stir on our subreddit and on several other uh, PC-focused subreddits uh, and whatnot. And, you know... Uh, Mikey, you are a huge PC fan, uh, so I, I want to know what, what your take on this this whole situation is, and what do you think about the Scorpio, aka Xbox One X, and uh, do you think it's good value for money? First off, I think PC World, um, completely right. It's You cannot build, as of right now, a PC with equal functionality to that of the Xbox One. You could argue that a PC in itself has more utility but from a pure gaming perspective and what Xbox One has with, say, Blu-ray, the Xbox is a ridiculous value. The Xbox One X, to be specific, is a ridiculous mm -hmm. value that cannot be matched on PC. And PC World actually missed a few things that nobody else really talked about. Like what? Um, well, I saw one person mention a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Some PC builders will go out there and they'll throw in like a $20 bundle, some cheap Logitech mouse and keyboard combo Who which doesn't those? exactly and that's my point when you game on a pc you buy a nice mouse and a nice keyboard for Dude, the most I, part i i in at my office i have 
a $120 Steel Series um, mechanical keyboard just because I like to type on it, and that's for work. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who buys a $20 keyboard and mouse for gaming? Well, not not to you know get on anybody's company, but it would be like if Mad Cats came out, and that's the that's the, the controller that came with the Xbox One. People Ugh. would be a little upset, right? And you know the the Xbox One X comes with a controller which works on a PC. So you know if you're gonna have an equivalent build, it should include an Xbox One controller. The second thing. With Blu-ray on PC, one of the things people don't talk about is there's a license associated with using a Blu-ray player on a PC. With Xbox One, you get the Blu-ray drive in there, and it comes with the license for the life of the device. Same goes with PlayStation. Same goes or same goes with your uh, your Blu-ray player. On PC, mm -hmm. you have to buy the UHD Blu-ray, which is I think in itself like 130 bucks. Something but on like top that. of that. You also have to download a program, and these programs, for the most part, aren't free. At least if you want to buy one or get one, that always works. There are free versions out there, but most of them have video or audio issues, and especially if you're going to be playing at 4K, you'll need to actually pay some money. And this actually comes to about $50 a year for most of these programs, and they didn't include that cost either. They don't include Windows in any of these builds either. They included a cheap... Windows key, which is true, oh, but the problem, the yes, the problem with that though, is you're buying from key sellers, and oh, sometimes okay. I I've come across cases where these keys were taken back because they weren't sold by an authorized retailer, and in many cases these cheap keys are not being sold by that. Mm -hmm. So there's all these added costs that people aren't throwing in, and you end up actually hitting like. 1100 1150 bucks yeah, to match. Yeah, like I said, like they're not including the wireless network card that the Xbox One X has, for example. That too. They, I think they included that in their deluxe build, but it's just you have to pay over twice as much for a PC to match that than that of the Xbox One X. And that doesn't include the, the vapor chamber cooling. That's, that's not cheap. Oh, right. I don't even think they included that. I forgot about the water, the vapor cooling. They yeah, did not yeah. include that in their build either. I had forgotten about that. That's a good point. Wait, Mikey, did you see an Xbox One X on the stage floor? I touched one. You touched one? How big is it? Because it looks tiny, but I haven't seen one in person. It is tiny. It's smaller than my ass. I know they said it's smaller. Do you say it's smaller than your ass? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. No, my, my ass. Print it straight to Kotaku. It's official. The Xbox One X is smaller than Mikey's ass. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Cutting edge journalism. But no, okay, so you, you, smaller than your S, you meant to say, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. It's the Minnesotan accent coming out, I think. <laughs> cool. Anyway, sorry, please continue back with where you were. I, I just had to ask. Well, now I can all, only thing I can think about is ass now. You're, well, it's not, not bad, I guess. But uh, okay, I, I'll steer you away from, steer you from the posterior uh, back to the topic. Um, <laughs> This caused you like that. This caused a huge, you know, fuss on the subreddit. A huge argument, you know. So, especially it about value for money. Like, do you think it's too expensive? No, not at all. If you want a comparable 4K machine, this is your best bet for playing video games, hands down. Okay, 
So you heard it here, folks. But Mikey, what what are you running in your, your rig right now for anyone who's into PC? Oh, yeah. That'll give them a good perspective on what kind of PC guy I am. So I'm running an i7-6700K at overclocked at 4.5 gigahertz with 16 gigabytes of well, it's DDR4 RAM, but that's not terrible, and a 1080 uh, NVIDIA GTX. Now oh, you got a 1080? Yes. Nice. Those things are huge. They they are. I used to, well, it, it's smaller than my old car. I used to have a Fury X, which came with a built-in water cooler. Oh. But th this one doesn't. This one runs a little bit more efficiently. Um, but I'm thinking about putting water cooling on it just to overclock it. So that's the type of PC gamer I am. So if I'm telling you that the Xbox One X is ridiculous value, I'm not lying to you, folks. I'm not just sitting here promoting Xbox because I'm on the Xbox subreddit. No. I don't know why they're so salty. Like, I think that, you know, anyone who says the Xbox One X is too expensive at 500 I think they're, they're out of their mind. I mean, the, the PlayStation 3 released for 700 Right. Um, I think people are forgetting also back in the day, I think when the 360 released, it was more of a higher-end PC as well, or at least mid to high. Mm -hmm. And back then it was also the value of the console was better than any PC you could build at the time. And I think, but this gap between the PC and the Xbox One X, I think is greater than that gap back in the day. Oh, I'd, I'd say so. And I don't think, I think people aren't used to it anymore. Eventually, it'll get outdone by PC. It, it will take long. But I think it's the best value for your money right now. Yeah. Buy it when See? it comes out if you want 4K gaming. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't want 4K gaming, you can still have faster load time, 60 frames per second gameplay, and super sampled textures, which is not half bad in of itself. Right, and games like Dead Rising 3 that have the dynamic resolution, it will mm. stay a solid 1080p more often, or whatever the actual resolution was i believe it was 900 no probably 900p but uh yeah so i'm definitely going to get one at launch how about you mikey uh I, i've been waiting to pre-order i tried I to pre-order but uh gamestop said that microsoft isn't letting them issue pre-orders yet apparently there's going to be some sort of bundle that and i'm not sure if they know how many they're going to make by the time they release so that i think too. they're holding back pre-orders for now hmm well, I know I'm going to get one anyway because uh, I've started the, the Scorpio fund. I've got 20 bucks in there already. It's not much, but, you know, it's a start. It's, it's not called the Scorpio anymore, Reese. It's, it's always going to be the Scorpio to me, Mikey. Always. <laughs> it's, Xbox One X is a silly name. I don't like it. Uh, hey, you know what? They're just copying. Well, I don't know if they're copying, but they're following the same line as Tesla. The Tesla Model X and S. I think oh. they also have a Y. So that's probably the next Xbox One right there. The Xbox One Y. The X X Boy? Like, why did they call it that? <laughs> I like how everyone's sort of having their mind blown that it's X-B-O-X, which spells Xbox. It's almost like they've gone 360 degrees. So <laughs> well, I don't think they I don't think they want the um although it's still gonna hang around, the X Bone joke too much. Did you hear the guy on the, the, the French guy flub and say the X-Bone X? Oh, no. I hadn't seen that. You were, you, were, you were sitting in the... It was at the Xbox conference. It was? It was the guy from Ubisoft. He said, now playing on the X-Bone uh, Xbox One X. Oh, no. Rewatch the, the start that. of the Ubisoft conference. He says X-Bone. 
Oh, I must have been tweeting or something. Oh, how did I miss that? Oh, yeah. We also weren't allowed to record. That would have been a great thing to record, though. I'll have to watch it back on Twitch. Uh, if, if you watch Crobcat's new video, making fun of it, the E3, like he always does, it's there. Okay, I'll make sure to check that out. Yeah. I can't but, believe uh, I missed that. Yeah, it's, it's great. But uh, so, Mikey, thanks so much for joining me on this uh, this rather short episode. You have to come back more often, man. Uh, more people have to leave or uh, have vacations pfft, or have lives. So, <laughs> so do you want to close out the episode for us? This might end up in the bloopers, but how do you close it out again? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. You, you, you say Xbox turn Signing off. off? Xbox turn off. For some reason, I wanted to say Xbox signing off. Why would you say that? Okay. I don't know. This I My face is red right now. That's terrible. Okay. Hopefully none of that gets in anything. Mm. No, I, I would never put that in the podcast. Yeah, you are. No. Is, do I have to say my name first? Uh, no, just, just end the podcast. <laughs> Xbox turn off. Yeah, that wasn't so hard, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm completely flustered right now. <laughs> oh. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this. From Trendy Entertainment, the developers of that game that I totally lost <laughs> <loved> the intro. Dimension <laughs> <laughs> um, Defenders! Jeff Kaplan here. <clears throat> developers. And you're listening to the Patty Chat Podcast. Yeah, you can say that. This isn't South Park. It's like that. I, I, got like the, that. <laughs> I got the guys from Sumo Digital to talk like a snake when they said theirs, so. They, like yeah, they, they were advertising uh, Snake Pass. That's what I thought. Oh my god! <laughs> so they were like, Hi, we're from Thumo Digital. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> that uh, that might not be the best impression. Yeah, well. <laughs> right. oh, oh, I'm a little snakey <laughs> and I'm just item. <laughs> I'm just a snack, <laughs> and we're from. I'm a snack from Trendy Entertainment, and. You're listening to the Party Chat Podcast. And I'm a big bear. We're <laughs> <laughs> a snake and a big old bear. And you're listening to the Party Chat Podcast. Totally got this. I'm dying. Shit. <laughs> All right, we got that. We're good. Yeah. I'm our marketing lead and as such, all is well. Okay, good. That's, that's good to know. I was going to use it anyway. <laughs>